So we are officially recording again. So no errors this time. So we can get started. For now. For now. One of these times we actually won't have tech issues. God, I'll tell you. I wish. Yeah, I wish we were as knowledgeable with technology as we are with real estate because like (laughs) I'm good enough to make it work when nothing goes wrong and that's about the extent of it yep the good thing is neither of us get outwardly stressed out with it this is true you're listening to the mailbox money podcast with Cody Burton and Rebecca Scott so now that everything's working what are we talking about do you want to talk about why real estate and not other investments yeah, I actually think that's a really good thing to cover. You know, we're, what, five or six episodes in at this point, and we've got a couple questions about that. Um, yeah. So that's that's probably a good direction to go. Let's jump in. Yeah, I mean, it. why are we why are we doing any of this? Why real estate in the first place? Because there are so many different ways to make money in this day and age. Yep. I read an article the other day saying that the average millionaire has seven different streams of income. And I was like, that's weird because I've got two, essentially. Mm. You know, it's funny. I saw that same article. So when you have a client, I know this is a question we both get frequently. Um, what's your kind of go-to answer for why real estate? Why do that over stocks? Or, you know, with some clients, why even cash out stocks to buy real estate? Right. Honestly, I tend to tell people it's the only... I always say, this is what I tell people. I say... There are three ways to become a millionaire in this day and age. Create your own company. Give it a hand-me-down from your parents, or I should say pass down to your parents, and real estate. Maybe I'll I'll start my own company one day. I have no desire to do that right now. Um, Unfortunately, I was not blessed with the family money, and so I invest in real estate. And when I say that, people are often like, yeah, that's actually pretty true. And I'm like, no, it's very true. That's how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, I have so many clients that I'm working with now that have now become first-time investors, bought their first place, maybe their second place. And every single one of them has said something along the lines of, you know, well, we never got into real estate because we thought it was just something for people who had already made it. Um, So the idea that, like, millionaires own real estate is common I think it's just educating people that you don't have to be a millionaire to start buying real estate. That's the it's, education. Yeah, it's actually a stepping stone. Absolutely. I mean, I grew up with that same ideology of, oh, rich people buy real estate. You know, I did. I never knew that that's how they became rich is through real estate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. I always tell my clients real estate is what we put all our money in because it's one of the only ways or the only way really that you can make money four different ways. So you make money through obviously uh, getting monthly rent. You know, that's that monthly cash flow. Um, That's the one everybody's kind of familiar with, right? Like the tenant writes a check, you get that check in the mail, pay down your debt, and you get what's left. And what do we call that, Cody? Mailbox money. That's right. (laughs) Yes, that is definitely my favorite of the four. Um, But then also you have appreciation in the property, which I think a lot of first-time investors don't take seriously enough, especially getting started. Appreciation can be so huge to get that snowball rolling. And that's actually my favorite way to make money. Yeah, appreciation. It's hard to overstate when you get a really good appreciating property how much that can 
just snowball down the road. Um, yeah. And then you have way three, which I think, especially newer investors, almost forget about, which is debt reduction. So not only are you getting that appreciation every month, you have a tenant paying down your mortgage and reducing the amount you owe when you go to sell it. So you're making money on both ends there. And then the fourth way, which honestly might be up there as one of my favorites, is in taxes. You can heavily reduce your tax liability. So if you yeah. are a high income earner, uh, that can make a night and day difference. And I think that's a podcast we'll get into completely on its own is just taxes. Absolutely. There's so many things that are even above my head. That's why I trust somebody else who knows more about that than I do. But there are so many benefits that you can take advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll get into that on our tax podcast. But just a you know, foreshadowing pro tip, if you do have real estate and you are not using a CPA that specializes in real estate, do yourself a favor and find one because Absolutely. We, we switched a couple years ago to a CPA that specializes in real estate, and they saved us literally six figures over the last several years. So it's yeah. insane. So one of the reasons why you kind of said why you invest in real estate, and honestly, one of the reasons why I do it is for the stability. So I don't want to work for the rest of my life. I am very much interested in living a life that is not normal. And by that, I mean, I want to travel. I want to be able to do what I want, work when I want and live a retired-esque life. I don't think I believe in retirement all the way, but I do believe in living in different places for extended period of times. Um, but how else would I do that if I didn't have a business who, that is bringing me passive income? I need real estate. Mm -hmm. So I enjoy it for the stability aspect. And then it also gives me that peace of mind that if I, for whatever reason, all of a sudden hate my job tomorrow, I'm confident that I can quit and take time, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe I want to take a sabbatical or maybe... I just want to take my time getting a next job and be really picky about it, right? Um, it just kind of gives me the flexibility to do what I want um, and not feel pressure to hurry up and get a job so I can pay the bills. It's like, well, that's already happening, you know? Yeah, it gives you that safety net. It, um, it does. It really does. And it's so interesting because I would say... It, it goes back to, and I know we've talked about this before, it goes back to your money script in your mind. Because when I tell my parents, like, yeah, you know, if I have that exact same conversation with them, well, they actually look at it and say, you're on the hook for multiple different mortgages. How could that ease your mind? It's like, I'm making so much money off of every single one of those mortgages. How could that not, you know? Yeah, it's so all about it, perspective there. It is. And so it is interesting. But to me, it creates so much stability in my life because I know that I do have several different income streams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's such a unique investment, right? Like we've talked about the stability there. You can be picky taking another job. You can live off that cash flow if you want to for a short amount of time. Um, you know, you've also done house hacking, which we've talked about in a previous episode. You know, real estate's yeah. the only investment that can provide one of your basic needs while also being an investment, right? Giving you a place to live, giving you shelter, while also being um, an investment that's growing that you can actually use. And by using it, you're not dwindling it down. 
Um, and that's one of the things when it comes to stocks, like, you know, you have, say you have a portfolio of stocks, you're building a 401k, you're building whatever it was, and you don't have that stability because, you know, if everything hits the fan, well, your stocks have just taken a nosedive yeah. and you could have lost, you know, several hundred thousand dollars, whereas real estate doesn't tend to be that um, fickle. We don't see those same kind of spikes up and down. You know, we're we have this war going on between Russia and Ukraine right now, and the housing market hasn't really moved, but right. the stock market's taken an absolute dive. So, having a bunch of money in stocks, I mean, that's better than nothing. I would feel more comfortable having a large stock portfolio than having no investment portfolio, but it certainly doesn't make me feel stable because God knows stocks aren't stable. Right, exactly. And that's the whole thing with stocks is, you know, there's there's other reasons why I prefer real estate over stocks. And part of it is leverage. It's mm -hmm. really hard to leverage stocks. Yeah. And on top of that, I mean, like I said, with house hacking, you have an investment you can live in while it grows. You know, if, if things really hit the fan in my life, if things really take a nosedive and, you know, I can't afford to keep my house anymore or something like that. With yeah. having a real estate portfolio, I have the option to sell my house and yeah. then move into one of my units and live there for free. Am I going to be super comfortable with that? Probably not. Am I going to want to do that long term? Definitely not. But again, it's just another level of stability that um, you know gives you that peace of mind. If you do want to take a long time to travel or think about a job or just take a break. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other thing to note is, you know, when you have stocks, I mean, sure, you can get dividend paying stocks and whatnot, but truly, it's not giving you monthly income. It's also not giving you income. Um, like it's it's so determinant of the psychology of humans, because that's all the stock market is, mm -hmm. right? Um, so it's really scary to think that if you want to retire by a certain year, you have a goal set, and let's say the stock market crashes, well now maybe you can't retire, right? You're looking to pull that money out, and now you can't retire, which in real estate, it's like, well, I'm still getting the same amount monthly, maybe I'm getting a couple hundred bucks less or something like that, but I can still retire off that, you know? Yep, exactly. Um, so it is, it is more stable in the sense of trying to plan things for retirement or if you are going to travel and be away and live in a different country or whatever the case may be, um, it does have that stability that is not tied with humans. And it adjusts with the cost of living. You know, totally. I know, I know we've both had clients like this that we've gotten into real estate because they've wanted to diversify their portfolio as they started looking for retirement. And that was chiefly because, you know, they sat down in 1985 and decided they wanted to have a million dollars when they retired because in 85, that was a ton of money. And now they're yeah. 55 looking at retirement in 10 years and saying, you know, that's not going to get me the lifestyle I want. And, you know, frankly, if you're looking at something like that and you're not going to have even if you do have the lifestyle you want at retirement at 65, there's no guarantee you're going to be able to afford that same lifestyle when you're 85. Whereas Preach. with real estate, you know, it's just going to your rents are going to go up. It keeps along with the cost of living. 
Um, and you know, we can inflation. Both, yeah, we can both get fired up on this. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, it, it, it is one of the only investments that also not only keeps up with inflation, but beats it. Um, I think that's really important to note, because if you're just keeping up with inflation, you're not, you're making some money sure, but you're not um, getting ahead. You're just surviving. You're yep. just uh, treading water, right? Yep, absolutely. And you know, I think if we have any big real estate investors listening out there, which I know we have a few, they're probably sitting there screaming at the stereo at this point because we haven't mentioned probably the biggest advantage yeah. of investing in real estate for most people, and that yeah. would be leverage. Um, so do you want to talk about that a little bit, kind of how we can leverage real estate, which isn't really an option with any other traditional investment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the main thing with real estate, and this is in the presentation that Cody and I do on a monthly basis, is you can leverage your dollar. I don't think people understand how important this is, especially in this day and age. One, while money is still cheap, I know interest rates are going up, but they're not that bad. They're still under five, and that's incredible. So you can leverage your dollar to where, um, let's do a little example. And I wish you could see this, um, that I'm, what I'm looking at. And if you do want to see this slide of the math, feel free to contact us either email or Instagram, Facebook, whatever the uh, social media outlet is. Or sign up for our webinar. Or sign up for our webinar. I would love for that to happen. But one of the main reasons stock market versus real estate is I have a graph here that shows explicitly if you put your money and let's play with 160 grand and let's say 160 grand goes straight into a 401k, an IRA, a 521, 529, whatever stock market tool you're using, 160k, let's pretend you're getting 7% annual return. That's pretty standard. Um, and especially when you're on a 15 year hold time. So by the end of the 15 years, you are going to make $441,445. You turned 160 grand into $441,000 and some change. That sounds amazing. And don't get me wrong, it's not bad. However, if you take that same $160,000 that you were going to put in stocks and instead you use that as a down payment, you leverage that into a $450,000 property. Well, now you have a $290,000 mortgage. You put that on a 15-year note, meaning you pay it off in 15 years. At the end of that 15-year period, that property that you bought for $450,000 well, that's what you own. And I think we all agree that the real estate is not likely going to go down, especially drastically. So especially if you're buying in an appreciating markets. So now you own a $450,000 asset, right? However, what you don't, so you're already beating the stock market, right? So what you don't understand, or maybe what you don't realize, is you were getting $35,000 yearly in income. So over those 15 years, you were getting cash flow that totaled up to $35,000. And you're going to be getting that forever. So it's not like you're 
you know, in the stocks, you cash out and now you have that money. Well, you're going to be getting that year over year. If you want to retire, you continue to get that year over year. And that's that cash flow. That's that mailbox money that we always talk about. So if you like the stock market, you are getting 7% annual return. Well, let's be very conservative and do a a 3% appreciation. And when I say conservative, I mean, that's the national average. We are investing in markets that are around 10%. But if you use 3% 3% over 15 years, your $450,000 asset is now worth $705,000. So turning $160,000 into $705,000 in the same amount of time that you turned $160,000 into $441,000 using the stock market, it's a no-brainer. You're getting cash flow every single month. You double, nearly doubled your appreciation. And of course, that's with 3% being extremely conservative. So when you really break it down of the different ways, and that's, again, that's not including the tax benefits that you'd be getting. When you break it down to that level, it's a no brainer. Yeah. You really start to see when you combine um, compounding interest with leverage. I mean, it is unbelievable the way you just supercharge your investment in a way you can't do with traditional stocks or in a lot of other uh, more traditional investments. Those are the two kind of secret weapons of real estate, especially when they're put together. Absolutely. And there's just so much room for creativity where I just feel like other investments are put money in it, watch it grow, take it out later. Yep. And Never I'm not saying that's it. bad. I'm just saying there is a lack of creativity that if you know what you're doing and you research and you partner with somebody who does know what they're doing, they can help you reach their goals so much quicker because there is so much creativity. And with that, I'm just talking about 529 right now came to my brain um, because we were just talking about it. And it's if you put money into a 529 plan for your kid to go to college, because that's what a 529 plan is. It is a um, it's a tool to put money in, watch it grow, and then your kid can use it to go to college. However, that's all you can use it on. Well, what happens when these trade schools or school kind of becomes too expensive and you can't go to it anymore, right? Or so many people are learning how to make a lot of money on the internet, not needing education at all. So, you know, instead of using a 529 plan, well, what if you just bought a house for your kid the same time that you would have put it into that account? Why don't you buy a, why don't you buy a house, watch it appreciate? You know, I always tell my, my new parent moms, uh, and dads, I just say, Hey, you've got three years to buy a house for your kid and put it on a 15 year note. And then when they're ready to go to school and they're 18 years old, sell that house. And now that's their money to use for school. So it's just getting creative in these other ways. I just feel like real estate really has the market on that. Yeah, absolutely. You can pivot in a lot of different ways. And that comes back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode with stability being that, you know, if you're putting your money into a 401k and a 529, I mean, those are both great programs that they have. They're both tax advantaged accounts, but you don't have a lot of stability there. If you pull your money out of a 401k, you get heavy, heavy tax consequences. Same with a 529. Like you can only use that money for schooling. 
Um, and if you do try to pull it out or do anything else with it, you pay really, really, really hefty penalties. And so yeah. it doesn't set you up for things unexpected in life. It doesn't set you up in changing directions. And not to mention, like you demonstrated with that leverage and compounding interest example, um, it's also just not the best investment. Like you can do a right. lot better with other things. So even if you do want to use it for retirement, even if you do want to use it for school, it's just not your best option at the end of the day. That's why I love real estate as well is you can just get so creative and there's just so different, so many different types of real estate to get into and to dabble and you can really um, diversify within real estate. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you can do long-term rentals, short-term rentals, flips, uh, you know, I could go on. Um, you can do REITs, which, you know, whatever. But um, apartments, single family, you know, there's just commercial, non-commercial. There's just so many different types. And, and knowing when and how to buy each one of them and how that relates to the goals that you're trying to set for yourself and the trajectory that you're trying to change for your family it's incredible. Yep. And just because, you know, unlike stocks, right, you buy stocks, they sit there, they're stocks. Um, with real estate, you can buy a long term investment and change it into something else if you want. You know, I know I've told you this. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before. We have that duplex in the springs. We're looking at converting to an Airbnb because it's in a really good area. It, you know, has been a long term rental, but it doesn't have to stay a long term rental. And right. if we do Airbnb, um, or I have a couple clients that have a bunch of Airbnbs, you know, if they turn out not to be um, in a great area or the market shifts, they can change those to being long-term investments and still cover their mortgage, still gain appreciation. Um, so you have that flexibility to shift. And I know I've talked about this before as well, but being able to recycle your money Yes. and use it multiple times is incredible. So if you put, you know, a down payment down on a house, immediately close on it, pull it out, you can use it again, you know, and people just don't realize that you can recycle that initial down payment time and time again. So no other investment can you do that. Yep. And say a little bit more about that because you have done that uh, like an absolute professional through house hacking and moving that money into one type of investment to another. Um, yeah. That may have gone over a few people's heads. What do you break down what you mean by recycling there? So for example, right now, um, it's a lot slower process than I was anticipating, but that's okay. I mean, we bought our current house, our primary house uh, with about $30,000. And we did that in September of 2019. We've been dragging our feet for about six months, but we're going to pull out um, about close to 200000 And so what that means is we put $30,000 into it to purchase it, waited a year or two. And I mean, you can do this differently where, you, well, I'll get there. But um, we waited a year or two, and then we are now pulling out a HELOC for $200,000. So I'm recycling that 30 grand and some to buy something else. And you can do it. I have clients who maybe they are fortunate enough to buy properties in cash, 
Well, it's a great way to get your offer accepted by buying it in cash and then putting a mortgage on it after you purchase it. So I know a lot of people, maybe they have access to money in different areas and they don't realize that they can do it. So you literally buy a property in cash and then as soon as you close, you refinance it and put a mortgage on it afterwards. So you can either cash out refinance or you can pull a HELOC, and which is a home equity line of credit, and use that money. Um, so, And you can use that money to buy a car, your groceries, whatever it is, but it only makes sense to buy another investment with it. Yeah, absolutely. And so essentially what you're saying, you buy a property once you have created additional equity in it by either waiting for it to appreciate or maybe doing a renovation, um, fixing it up, that sort of thing. Then you're pulling all of that equity out with a home equity and then using that home equity as the down payment for another property, right? Yeah, and then exactly. Doing it again and again and again. Um, yep. Yeah, it's a fantastic strategy, and I think it's creativity like this that people don't know about, which is why so many people think it is just a wealthy person's game. Because you know they yeah. see people buying a new property every year, a new property every couple years. And they're thinking, oh, my God, these people are managing to save up $100,000, $160,000, $200,000 every single year. I can't do that. I don't even make that much in a year. When right. in reality, once you've built a portfolio of a few houses, getting an extra $100,000 in a year is no big deal because you need each one to appreciate really not that much to end up with enough for a down payment for another one. Because right. you, you can do that across multiple properties, too. Right. Absolutely. This is why we choose real estate. There are so many other reasons and we'd love to hear why you guys have uh, chosen real estate because truly we didn't name them all. There are so many other reasons, but these are some of the main ones that we touched on today. These are some of the main ones of why we invest in real estate. So drop a comment if, uh, if you've got another one that we didn't mention. 100%. Um, you make a really good point there. These are kind of our high key pieces. Um, and that's like what yeah. we like to do on this podcast, right? We stick to what we both have experience in. There's nothing we've talked about thus far that either Becca or I or majority both of us haven't done. And so these are our reasons. And there are a lot of other ones. And I know we have listeners who have other reasons that they buy real estate, other advantages that they see to owning real estate over other type of investments. Uh, so we would love to have that conversation. Maybe we'll do a part two to this down the road with absolutely. Like, um, we will. There's you know, so much more that can go into it. Yeah. And you know, we could even do a whole episode with what people send us in. So that would be really cool if we get some comments, get some feedback going and we can do a whole second piece of this with everything we didn't cover. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. Um, if you are here on the podcast, we're on YouTube. And if you are on YouTube, we also have a podcast you can take with us. Like we said, we love it when people interact. We have a Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all those fun things. So uh, if you do want to interact with us, please do let us know why you choose to buy real estate or maybe what's holding you back from buying real estate. We'd love to hear that as well. That could definitely be a whole podcast on its own. So until yeah. next week, I hope you enjoyed this one. Have a great day. Bye.